2: black and gold pre-Panthers edition we're getting ready for week two this is the final segment of this here show and and Steve Steve how are you adjusting to the studio life you spent so much time following the team around and you got to watch from the sidelines now you're sitting
3: in a in a room watching on tv Is is that a weird adjustment definitely a weird adjustment at least we were back you know doing pregame outside the superdome this year so yeah. first half of the game get to watch it in the press box with everybody do the halftime show in the booth and then boom head back to the studio for the second half which is a little you know you're not, you're not on site for it. there's nothing like being at the game i i really do love it you might you know all oh, the traffic the hassle having to deal with the dome but there's still nothing like being at a game and for for road games, though, to me, I'll miss that the most. The travel-wise, uh, getting to travel with the team is pretty pimping. I I got to admit, pimpin'. and I I know you'll get to enjoy that this year. And just the the whole the atmosphere, getting to be in a really nice hotel on the road, seeing new stadiums—it's definitely a lot of fun. I'll definitely miss the road life. I'll miss the most. Did you forget
2: how high up you have to sit in the press box when you, when you do watch the game? It's like watching right next to the L22 camera.
3: Yes. Sadly, <laughs> I was like, wow, I, I kind of want to be in studio watching it on television. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> you feel like you need binoculars. I know Haas watches with
2: binoculars. But, you know, another guy who watches from way up there is uh, good old Mickey Loomis, you know, a guy who I feel like we take for granted. Because it's not normal to see a GM last 20 years in the NFL. Look around the NFL and try to find all of the GMs that have stood the test of time (laughs) like Mickey. And, you know, you might not agree with all of his decisions over the years, but there's nothing you cannot question Kind of his historical understanding of how this Saints team has operated, and what he wants to see, and what has been successful, and what has not been successful, and that's why you know he Mike Cost was able to catch up with him this week on our you know weekly. Saints coaches show or whatever they call it. The Saints hour, I think, is technically the name. It's every Tuesday on a normal schedule. This week's going to be weird with the Monday night game. But he was asked about Derek Carr and what he how he felt Derek Carr performed in that game. And I think his answer was really telling. And, and so let's listen to it.
1: Some offense uh, and, and Derek Carr, Coach Allen had said, you know, he can spin it and he's a good game manager. And we saw, you know, I know that the the pick at the end of the first half is will drive him crazy. Just from here, knowing the little that I know about Derek Carr, but he did exactly what I would assume this team wanted. He managed the game.
0: Well, I think he did more than that. I mean, he made some plays that uh, we haven't seen made here for a while and off platform throws plays, breaking down him, you know, solving problems. Uh, he, he did a lot of really good things. And, and, look, sometimes you get overlooked in a game where you only score, you know, 16 points. But um, I, th- I thought he was really good. And, and, look, I think we were really close to having a lot more points on the board, too. You know, a drop here, a, a call there, and, and uh, you know, that, it, it's a different type of game. But but uh, it was also really good to see Mike Thomas look like Mike Thomas, too. I felt like like Mike, man, he looked he looked like his old self. Physical, violent uh, route runner, uh, catching balls in, in in traffic, and and that was great to see. And and obviously, Chris Olavi had an, had a big game for us, as did Rashid Shahid. So, um, it was good to see. It was good. There was a lot of good things on offense, and and look, we can grow from there.
1: So, when you went on the third and seven after the second and fourteen, the pass to Mike Thomas, and then the deep pass to. Shahid, what, what it looked like initially it was a, it was a double move because he was just so open. But on, on third and seven in that situation, even coach Allen said yesterday, I don't, know, I don't know if it was the play I would have called up, but man, he trusted his coaches and he trusted Derek. I mean, is that one of those plays when, when Derek goes back and, and he's throwing this deep ball, you're like, Oh my goodness. But then, oh great. You know, it, it, it all turned out perfectly. And it was just a perfect pass and a, and a well thrown ball and a well caught ball.
0: Yeah, look, I think, you know, from my perspective, I always appreciate when you you go out and you try to win a game as opposed to uh, trying not to lose a game. And, you know, it was a hallmark of, of um, you know, Sean Payton's time here as a head coach. He, he was always trying to call plays to win games. And and I appreciate that when you do that. And look, sometimes it doesn't work out. But I, I think that's the best way to play in the NFL because the um, – the talent level so close. Any team can beat another team. And I think you have to go out and win games as opposed to trying not to lose them.
2: There was a lot there. If you want to listen to the full interview with uh, Mike Haas and Mickey Loomis, go over to WWL.com. There's a story where I kind of break down some of those comments. You can listen to the full interview there. It's about 20, 20 minutes long. So there's a lot more to it than just that. But I did think, you know, when you look at how the Saints operated this offseason, it was very clear that they were not satisfied with how this offense operated last year, with how the offense looked, you know, for a majority of the year before that, and I think you know people are going to take that to say, wow, he's just slamming Jameis, whatever. I don't. I think this is more about how things went post Jameis last year with Andy Dalton. Um, obviously, Jameis has made some really nice throws over the times that he's started, but uh, you know, when you get to that second part of that answer, he was asked about you know the the decision to go. Big on that last drive where he had third and six and they went deep and they made that big play to Rashid Shahid and ultimately helped them ice the game with that run. And, you know, I think it's, it's twofold there. It's not just Derek Carr is able to do certain things as the quarterback that you need, that this team has been trying to find since Drew retired, it's that you also need to trust that guy. And, you know, even when the Saints went five and two to start the season in 2021, you know, we had interviews, we talked to Jameis and he would say things like, Sean hasn't given me the keys yet. Like they didn't necessarily have their trust in Jameis at that point. And, you know, that's not fault of Jameis. That's just, you know, I think this coaching staff, didn't necessarily feel like they had the pieces in place to be successful last year. And I think you can see now there's a little bit more confidence in that. And you need confidence to you know, call a go at that point in the game and let Derek Carr unleash it. And I think that's kind of what you're getting from Mickey there.
3: Yeah, I feel like we kind of knew going into even last year, they weren't sold totally even on Jameis. Obviously, the Saints were heavily involved in trying to get a guy like Deshaun Watson. Yeah, so... You knew that. Well, I figured they would be aggressive again and trying to get a quarterback. And yeah, Derek Carr has that you know past history with Dennis Allen too. So that it seemed like a good match. I know the the salary numbers have made a lot of people nuts, but it just happens to be the crazy quarterback market we're dealing with when you look at the numbers there. And for Derek Carr, man, he came in. You know, you hearing his press conference, we get to talk to him. You really get a, a pretty good sense of who he is. A really likable character. But, man, after that NFL Films footage even came out uh, after week one, even more likable. Really amazing stuff. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans.
1: After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
2: Yeah, and you know, I think the, the mic up packages are always a whole lot of fun. Because uh, you don't, you know, you, you talk to the players, you hear from the players. It's, it's always interesting to hear how they interact with each other on the field. game and- right. There was a clip where he was talking to Taysom about how he always tapes up his ear holes in his helmet so he can hear better and that sort of thing. Taysom he got,
3: couldn't believe it. He was flabbergasted.
2: Yeah, yeah and Kevin Petrie, Kevin Petrie's over there giving a hard time. It was very funny. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's the sort of thing where you're just, you know, that's where we're kind of getting. And that's when the fan base really is able to connect with the team is when, you know, like Teddy Bridgewater, for example. Yeah. You know, I don't think anyone really knew Teddy understood Teddy until he had to come in and play those games. And suddenly he's a fan favorite. Everyone there's chanting his name from the stands, even when he's not in the game. And that's the type of stuff where you're, you start to forge that kind of connection with the team and the fan base. And it's not for nothing. I mean, Drew Brees was not, you know, endeared to the franchise in his first career start, right? Like it took some time for everyone to kind of have some belief there. And then he, he obviously earned it quickly for good reason. Um, but that's that's the thing that's kind of cool to watch in real time as you as you build this season and hopefully it can continue. Kind of shifting gears. we'll We'll close out this episode by talking about, now, obviously, I think Derek Carr was an X factor late in that game. Rashid Shaheed was an x factor late in that game, obviously throughout the entire game, really. Um, but you know, in good ways and bad. But, you know, so let's let's close out this episode. I want on offense and defense, let's both pick an x factor and we'll start with you. Who is your gonna be your defensive x factor? for the Saints-Panthers matchup on Monday Night Football?
3: I'm going to be looking up front on that D-line. It's kind of looking both at Shepard and Saunders, who I thought did a heck of a job against the Titans. Uh, but getting you know pressure up the gut again uh, is going to be key. And also stopping that Panthers run game, because that's going to a lot more scary to me than what they have uh, at wide receiver or even tight end right now. Uh, so I, I think if you can pressure Bryce and to stop that run, obviously it's going to be a heck of a time for this Panthers team. And they didn't they didn't have obviously great offensive showings last year against the Saints. But but like I said, that combination of Shepard and Saunders, I think uh, I'm going to look for them to really dial in, apply that pressure, and be able to you know be stout in the run game. Which man, oh man, I, I know Derrick Henry still got his, but was an impressive all around how the team was able to contain him. And I guess you got to give a lot of credit to, to a guy like the Mario Davis in week one, but uh, I'm still sticking with Shepard and Saunders up front. I, I kind of cheating there and I'm probably, you're going to get mad. I'll probably be cheating on my offensive pick too. <laughs> all right. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Miles
2: Sanders and Chuba Hubbard are kind of the backfield duo there. I thought Chuba Hubbard looked really good against the Falcons. So he's a guy that I think the Saints are going to have a little, you know, they're going to have to focus on. I think you're right because if, when you're going against a rookie quarterback, you're going to be daring them to beat you, right? Like if you you need to be able to shut down that run game so that you can force Bryce Young to beat you and you threw a couple picks in week one. And I think that's where you're trying. It's like, okay, Bryce, can you, you want to throw up March on? You want to throw up Paulson? You want to get all that done? Right. Uh, you know, it's a lot harder to do if you can't run the ball. And so to me, I think, you know, I'm looking at Alante Taylor, Because a guy who ruined the game for them last year was LaVisca Chennault. And he's a guy who's going to play in the slot. He's going to move around. He's going to be a little like Cordero Patterson in that offense. You saw him used in week one for the Panthers. And so he's, you know, Alante is going to be the guy who has to come up and make tackles on LaVisca. And you saw P.J. Williams fail in that regard last year. So that's, he's the guy. I think if he can come up and make tackles and not get taken advantage of in the slot, I think you have a really good shot. Um, now let's, let's shift over to offense. You said you're going to cheat, so let's hear it. Who, who, who what's your it's, cheat? It's
3: on the cheat. offensive, offensive line in the run game, kind of married together. Just because uh, preseason was really disappointed in what we saw, and then obviously it was a tough Titans defensive front week one. So I'm not that disappointed in the output that we did see, but now coming into this game against Carolina, we saw the Falcons were able to run all over them. I want to see the Saints be able to put up some decent yardage here.
2: Gotcha. You know, I I agree with you. You know, and on on my end, it's going to be the obvious one. It's Trevor Penning Uh, because they're going to be rotating all day long. They're going to be trying to put extra pressure on that side. I mean, when you see a guy get just destroyed by Arden Key the way he did last week, any team in the NFL – is gonna look at that and sure. say, you know, uh, we we're gonna we're gonna figure this out. Uh, we're gonna find a way to make his life as miserable as possible. It's on the Saints to to adjust, but you know he needs to get better. He needs to show that last week was not indicative of what he's gonna be doing every week. Um, and yeah, so so we're gonna we're gonna that's gonna be that's gonna be my X factor um, on the offensive side.
3: Yeah, and hopefully uh, our, our boy Blake Groupie can be of X factor again too. Uh, he, He was obviously key game one. These divisional matchups, we talk about it all the time. They know each other so well, blah, 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 blah. I definitely expect a tight game here, but the Saints to pull it out. It could very well be a field goal game. But yeah, I know it's going to be a fun
2: matchup. Uh, the Saints have historically not done very well in week two. We remember what happened in 2021. They went down to Jacksonville and beat the Bricks off the Packers 38-3. And then everyone was loving it. Everyone was like, this is the answer. This is the this team. And then they go up to Carolina and just get, oh man, demolished. I mean, it, last year against the Panthers was rough. Two years ago was just horrid. They at least had a chance in that game last year, <laughs> two years ago, it was just Jameis getting destroyed. So hopefully that is not the case for the Saints again this year. Hopefully they figure it out. But that's gonna be another another interesting date up in Carolina. what's your kind of project, prediction for this game? I think you know the 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 Bryce Young matchup makes me feel a little bit more confident
3: about it in terms of you know week two. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's gonna be like a 21-17 kind of deal. I do think it okay. still ends up being close, even though to me I feel like the Saints should dominate this team but divisional matchups are whacked. Uh, the last year that man that week three, that week three game was such a bad omen for the Saints uh, the well, James uh,
2: had his back broken the week before that or whatever yeah not great right
3: And then you had at one point it was like Jarvis Landry went in the injury 10 and then boom following right behind him was Michael Thomas. it was terrible. Yeah, that was that was suboptimal. Hopefully, yeah, that's kind of the thing.
2: It's like, okay, can, can Mike Thomas keep surviving? Every week it's I any mean, Mike Thomas makes it through without an injury. I'm like, yeah, good, got it. But all right, that's gonna wrap it up for this episode of Inside Black and Gold. We're getting ready for the Saints Panthers on Monday night football. Make sure to check out the latest content over at WW.com. Listen to Sports Talk 4 to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday. WWL AM870 FM 1053 in the Odyssey. app. follow us on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore noak. Steve Geller WWL and
3: who dat go Saints let's go Monday night